to the very first episode of the Love Meets Joy podcast on the Smile Train Podcast Network. We couldn't be more excited to be here with you today. My name's Ashley Barber, and I was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate. I'm the creator of Cleft Love, and by day I work as a teacher consultant with students who have hearing loss. Hey everyone, I'm Iva Ballou, and I also was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate, the CEO of Real Sophisticated Joy, and a cleft confidence coach. So I think we have to share with the audience what a magical moment this is. This <gasps> truly started we do. from me randomly putting up on a vision board that I did last year. I just put podcasts. I had no idea what it would look like. Did you have a it- picture? I had a picture and it really all that it was, was a woman's head with headphones on and she was speaking into a microphone and the craziest thing ever, like I got it off of the internet, like I think Pinterest or something, the craziest thing ever, February, which you know, is kind of when we started this thing to be here in this moment, guys, dream big those dreams do come true. And one of that dream that Ashley and I had was to to be advocates for a community that means so much to us. Yes. And here we are. Like, it is truly a dream come true. And for me as well. Mm-hmm. And my journey with how I arrived to where I am right now started probably six or seven years ago. It wasn't in the same way that yours was like where you knew you wanted to do a podcast. I just have known for the last six or seven years that I really wanted to do something important and profound for this community. And I've wound up here with you. You kind of navigated your way here. It was just you wanted to do something, but you didn't know what. So what kickstarted that Yeah. So probably six or seven years ago, I Mm. was at the grocery store doing my usual thing, right? Okay. (laughs) And (laughs) I remember I looked down at my grocery list and then all of a sudden Mm. I looked up and there was this baby in the shopping cart with an untreated cleft. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but have you ever seen a baby in person with an untreated cleft? Not in person. No, not. Yeah. So I could imagine how that must have kind of hit you. It was weird because, of course, I had pictures of myself from when I was a baby. So I knew what I looked like. Mm -hmm. I had seen pictures online, all of that. But like to have it right there in front of me was so impactful. And I had this really weird experience because I realized in that second that I had all these feelings. Mm maybe leading up to this point about how I might feel if I ever saw a baby in person with an untreated cleft. Like I thought maybe I would think it was scary or gross Mm -hmm. or weird or something. And then if I thought that about another baby, then it was like a reflection of- What does that say? Myself, right? And- I get that. It it honestly changed my life. And then I also, after I saw the baby, I was like Mm -hmm. tearing up and (laughs) I went over to the mom, trying Mm -hmm. not to be creepy and weird right because that's a little awkward we are in this grocery store (laughs) I know we're in a grocery store and like I'm crying um and I was like I just have to tell you that your baby is so beautiful even though I was worried I would have all these negative feelings I actually didn't feel any of that at all and instead Mm. I saw this baby as being wholly perfect and worthy Mm. 
And yeah. I, I just, yeah. I had to tell the parents this. And also, I feel like that was the start of truly, truly mm-hmm. accepting who I am because I was able to then see it in this baby. Right. And I went over and I talked to the mom and the grandma and I realized in that second too that they needed me as much as I needed them. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, I wonder how that for them was great, but also for you, you, you didn't know that you needed that. Like, Right. I, I totally didn't. And I went home that night and I was like, I need to do something. And I was like, I don't know what. And I went to my therapy appointment the next week and mm-hmm. I talked to my therapist, Cesar Hay, um, and <laughs> he, um, <laughs> and I was like, I want to do something. I was like, help me come up with a plan. I don't know if I need to go back to school. I don't know what I need to do, but I need to do something. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like the way that you cultivate a dream is even though in our society, we often are like, this is exactly what I want. And this is the steps that I need to take in order to get there. He said, mm-hmm. no, instead, take a deep breath. And yeah just feel into that feeling. And the cool thing about not having an exact destination in mind is sometimes what's waiting is so much bigger than what you could have dreamed of. So I love that. I love that. And now we have a podcast that is available around the country. I know. And internationally. We're claiming that now. The listeners are going to love it so much that it's international. Put that on that vision board, Iva. <laughs> hey, at this point, I am a professional manifester. I got that. Like, I know one thing is for sure. That's how I came to get into this seat. Yeah. So we've talked about this before in some of our other conversations yeah. from like maybe 14 to 26, 27, I was really trying to outrun my cliff and not acknowledge it, sweep it under the rug. And I was really striving for perfection, which we all know is not obtainable. I want to let the audience know now perfection, it's not obtainable. So stop trying. I was really Mm. trying and I was doing an okay job of it. But like you, I I was in therapy and my therapist was like, aren't you tired? And I was like, yeah. I, 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 yes. I am, I, I am. I am exhausted. <laughs> <Is> it, right. <laughs> and so also I was coming upon 30 and I'm a planner. And so I was like, okay, yeah. I, I wanted to yes. go into 30, right. I don't know what that meant, but I was just really obsessed about going into 30. Right. And that meant like really taking stock of who I was, how I was and accepting the things that I liked about myself and didn't like about myself. And one of that was like, I had to really come to terms with my cleft. And so I went Mm. through a whole process of acknowledging I do have a cleft. I'm going to always have a cleft. I cannot change that and accepting that and getting active on loving that person and how she shows up. And I love that. And I was like, okay, well, if I can do this, I want to help other people do that. Right, right. And like you, I was like, okay, well, what's, what is my next step? So I went to my old plastic surgeon, um, Dr. Obi, and I told him this is what I wanted to do. First off, it was so crazy going back yeah. to his office because he didn't even recognize me because he was just like, you have blossomed into this 
other person and I realized that he wasn't talking about on the outside it was like my inside right because you can see it on the outside when all of it comes out confidence and it's just this the way you carry yourself it just comes out right and so that was gift enough so now I was like okay I really gotta (laughs) give this back yes so he set it up for me to go to Namor's day or like Clef Care Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People in the audience who don't know, right? <laughs> and so there was one particular moment that will live in my head for the rest of my life. And it it just yeah. fuels me and drives me. And there was another little girl who also was Black. And I have to preference this by yeah. saying, for me, I didn't meet another Black woman with the Clef until I was 30 plus. So walking in and seeing this little girl, she had to be no more than like six or seven. Mm. And she looks up at me and I'm looking at her and she just, you can see it in her eyes that it's like she saw herself and possibility. And it was a gift that I didn't know I was giving her, but it was a moment. And then she like touched, I I bent down to talk to her and she touches my face and she's like, you're so pretty. And it wasn't a a vain thing. It was just, okay, you look like me and and I can see beauty in you. Like I can see beauty in me. And so as soon as she said that, I touched her back and I said, and so are you. And she just smiled at me and we smiled at each other. And yeah. after that moment, yes, whatever I have to do, this is what I'm doing right. for the rest of my life. I'm going to help yes. those in my community to feel that joy and that confidence. So that's how we got here today. And that's what the podcast, yeah. I guess, meant. I wanted to put that out into the world. It's so beautiful. And now through social media and this podcast, Like you're able to reach so many people, which is so cool. And what I am hoping that this does for a lot of people is gives them a place to feel like they belong because absolutely, like you just said, for a very long time, I didn't identify with my cleft. I didn't place it as a part of my identity. But once I did, so Mm -hmm. after I got home from seeing that baby, I mm. remember I Googled or I went on Facebook, I think, and I searched cleft groups or something like that. Okay. And I found a cleft mom group and mm. some uh, cleft adult groups. And in the mom group, especially, I mm. kind of sat back and watched for a while. Just to see what's going on, right? Yes, exactly. Just to see what's going on. And I wasn't sure if I should say something or not because I'm not a mom. But one day I decided to start posting and I introduced myself and just kind of gave a brief background about how I was born with cleft. And it was so well received. And I found such belonging in Mm. that group, but also in that's important. Yes. In cleft affected adult groups, because I didn't realize that I was feeling I don't know, like I didn't belong or that I needed that sense of belonging until I found groups where then there were other people who were born with cleft and they knew what I was talking about when I talked about Mm. a cleft clinic day or they knew what I was talking about when I talked about, 
you know, not being able to blow up a balloon or, you know, like, <laughs> or having awful surgery right. and, and yeah. knowing exactly what that surgery was and how it felt for them. And there's a difference between being able to, uh, sorry, it's a difference between understanding no. a situation, but to have somebody that can feel it with you, I get, yeah. Yes. Not only have I wanted to give back in my advocacy, but like mm -hmm. in doing so, I have just felt, I feel like you've said this before where you feel like you're home. Yeah. I feel like I'm home around other people who have lived this very sort of unique experience. Yeah. It's like you didn't know that you were searching for this part of you, but once now that you find it, it's like, oh, this puzzle piece was missing. I didn't know yes. that it was, but that's the right. thing that was missing. Yes. And now I feel whole. Yes. Now you feel whole. So again, a lot of times we are very similar in our cleft journey, which is again, comforting yeah. because yeah. while I was in that 30 mode of accepting cleft and what it meant right. and all of these things, I realized that I need to go do some research. Um, like you, I was like, I need to go face cleft more because I was really mm, yes. putting on blinders and to the point yes. that I would have friends that would be like, oh, did you see that person? They had a cleft. And I'd be like, nope, didn't see it. Yes, I did <gasps> see it. But I would just, I just, putting on right, blinders. Right, like part of you saw it, but then yes. like the. I was like, nope, I can't acknowledge it. I can't acknowledge it because that's, then that says something about me. So no. Um, right. So I went on a deep dive of typing in cleft and looking up all yeah. of these things. And I'm someone who like goes to multiple pages through Google. Yeah. And during that, I came across Smile Train. Ah. Obviously, there are other organizations out there. But for me, Smile Train stuff the most because I just connected and they were doing stuff in the U.S. Because you always hear, oh, I just thought that clefts were yes. only international. And it's like, no, right. no, right. no, no. It happens here too. And the too. support that a lot of organizations provide are only internationally and they sort of forget about us. Correct. And Smile Train was like, no, we got you too. And they had all of these different communities. And it was through Smile Train that I actually got connected with a Facebook group for adults. Oh. I was like, okay, kind of same as you. I was in yeah. the group for a while and I wasn't saying anything. I was observing. Yes, right. And so one of the administrators had to come and say, you know, not, not no pressure, but you know, you can introduce yourself. <laughs> You've been in the group for about <laughs> like maybe three months now and you haven't said anything. <laughs> <laughs> and was, you're like, like i just want to watch leave me alone just want to watch. Call I just want like to watch. <laughs> but what i was watching was because again being cleft affected you can sometimes be hyper sensitive to yes perceive like i guess rejection yes so i'm sitting there trying to watch and see how do they treat new people and what is the, the totally and i kept not finding yes. anything so i was like you know what i have a, this is a safe space these people they understand what you're going through it's okay you are safe right. in this space and that that piece of home that you didn't know that you were looking for i have to say thank you to smile train because they again kind of directed me into that community that has embraced me and I've embraced them. Yeah. Like I'm curious on your advocacy journey, mm -hmm. have you found any parts to be especially challenging? 
Oh, Ashley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as I'm, especially in coaching sometimes, as I'm yeah. helping you get through what you're going through, yes, I have to go back and observe wounds. And sometimes like, yes. oh, this, is this wound still open? I thought it was closed. Right. And sometimes... A lot of times, thankfully, they have been, but there are some things that it's like, oh no, that still that still hurts a little bit, and so I have to work through that, so that way I can help myself because I'm always going to make sure that, you know, we talked about it, healed and whole, and that I have right. that for me, but then also so I can help yeah. somebody else who's going through it. So a lot of times with the advocacy or something that can be a little tricky to navigate is making sure that my old wounds are covered. Yes. Up. But I think that you can relate that the more that you speak on it, it kind of helps with it. Exactly. And I totally know what you're saying because my coping strategy when I was mm -hmm. growing up was to ignore it and pretend mm -hmm. like it didn't exist. Yeah. I had all of these gaping wounds that I had mm -hmm. like wrapped bandages <laughs> over so that nobody could see them. There was like, you know. You can't see it. It's like blood's dripping, but it's fine. Right. It's fine. Yeah. No one could see anything. And if it would drip more, I would just wrap it again. <laughs> um, and so I was like, you know, it's fine, you know, fine. but in, in navigating this advocacy, I also have had to go back and not only I can't get by with Right. Just covering them up. I've had to really go back and examine them yes. and actually try to mm -hmm. treat and heal them, which has been definitely challenging. And something else that I think has been hard for me and probably also for my parents on my advocacy journey has been how vulnerable I am in such a public space. So you can't take it back when she put it out there. Just being so vulnerable is hard. Yeah. And a lot of times as I've been healing those sorts of wounds and, and examining them either in therapy or as I've allowed myself just to start thinking about these things more, mm -hmm. then I process them. And a way that I process them is through writing. And instead of keeping it in a journal, then I would post it for the world to see. Initially, I was very nervous. Uh, mm -hmm. So I started cleft love after I realized that there was a need for parents to see that we're out here living our best lives and that there's, you know, a light. So I started posting on cleft love. And I remember the very first time I posted on it, I literally sat there. I have my post ready and I like yeah. sat there for, I don't know how long. And I was like, okay, Ashley. It's one of those like close your eyes and it's just like, okay. Yes. I was like, you need to do this. And I was like, this is needed. And I was like, but what if something happens? Um, I was like, just do it. And so I posted it. Did you walk away? Cause I post and walk away. <laughs> yes. I closed I it. I was like, close yeah. the app, close that app. We don't want to see and it was really funny because when I first started Cleft Love, I didn't tell anyone. It started as a Facebook blog and I didn't tell anyone except for like my parents, my childhood best friend, and one other friend that I had met through the Cleft Mom group. Right. So like who was even going to see it? Right. But I was right. like, what if this blows up? But I have found, and I think my parents have found, even though it's been a challenge for them, that it's through my vulnerability that people are able to relate yes. to me and my experience. It's that vulnerability that's so key in being a good advocate because 
that's how people feel connected. And I think my parents are now able to see too how much it helps other people when I'm like that. So even though it's challenging for them and for me to, you know, write about something that I've never talked to them about or that because a lot of times when I write a post, it's the first time that I'm even You're even saying it to your right. Yes. Like it's like the first time I'm having a reckoning. And so sometimes I think my mom has been like, Why didn't you tell us? And I'm like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Until- I didn't know I felt that way. Yes, exactly. And I didn't want to tell them that these this is how I was feeling because I don't want you to feel like there's something that you're not doing. Yes, totally. Like this is just internally how I feel and I can't explain it. But you also mentioned something about um, wanting to like kind of almost sweep it under the rug. And I think that that's the beauty of our generation of that. We are kind of like, you know what? I know I'm not the only one going through this. I can't be the only yes. one going through this. Right. So the more that I talk about whatever is going on with me, one, it's therapeutic for me so I can get that out. But then nine times out of 10, there's going to be some, at least one other person who's going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for saying this. I have been feeling that same way. Yes. So that increased vulnerability is helpful in so many ways. But have you found that because you've opened yourself up in this one way with your cleft that it's almost spread over into everything. Because I know for me, I think before I was like emotionally shut down prior to this. And now I feel everything. I feel everything. You know, what is an interesting thing is I, of course I can't exactly remember, but When I was a kid, I don't think I regularly thought about my cleft. I don't think I regularly thought about having a facial difference. It was in the back of your head. It wasn't there. I like was suppressing it, I think, kind of like a beach ball underwater. Yes. Um, Yeah. And so I like you couldn't see it and I couldn't see it. Or like a duck. Like a duck. His little feet are moving crazy, but but on top (laughs) I am cool, calm, and collected. But you couldn't even see my my duck. So my ball was like submerged beneath the water. No one was the wiser, even me. But now that that ball has popped up, it is there for me to see all of the time. And sometimes I find it kind of tiring now. I sometimes wonder if there will be a point in my journey when I'm healed enough where it's not something that I think about daily. But but maybe that's not going to be the case because in our work that we do, it comes up. I think you'll think about it, but it will be a different, it will be a growth of perspective. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I think something else that is really important to me as I've posted some of these things that are so deeply personal to me is I make sure that everything I post is with the utmost intention. And I also made a promise to myself when this whole thing started that I was going to be honest and truthful. And I was going to talk about the highs, but I was also going to talk about the lows. I wasn't going to sugarcoat it and you say need that balance. Yeah, you do. Because I didn't want to be like, Oh, like this thing happened. But guess what? I'm on top of it all. I'm confident. I'm perfect. And it's not true. <laughs> 
Right. And like some days, some days I feel like I'm a 10, right? Like I'm, I'm great. Everything's good. But then there are some days when like those past whatever's kind of come back and bite me, you know? Same. So I always make sure that I am truthful. And then also I want to be an advocate for our community. So I speak out about things that are affecting our community. And sometimes there might be multiple viewpoints, as we'll find out in this podcast, even you and I sometimes have differing viewpoints about we do certain topics that come up and how to approach things. And yeah, I make sure though, that I speak to those things that I feel called to speak to, but also make sure that how I'm wording things are intentionally worded. And I usually sit with them for a few days before I actually post them just to make sure that it's exactly the words I want to use and that it's the message that I want to convey and that it's still something that I feel called to post Mm -hmm. about. So, Well, I can definitely say that your posting does speak to a lot, especially like my experience a lot of times. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. So thank you. And I know that the audience will say the same. Thank you. And so it's like you're already kind of started on what we hope to accomplish with our advocacy yes with this podcast we've talked about like what do we want this to be like why are we doing this yes. i mean it's great right, that right we were given this opportunity but we have to make the most of it i want to one for those of us that are cleft affected no matter where you are in your journey if, if you're a teenager or you're an adult or 10 years from now a, a baby that was just born listens to this I want them to be able to see like the possibility of what can be, right? I love that. We're going to talk about the stories that we talk, tell ourselves, especially yeah. be, being, you know, facially different. You might tell yourself a different story, right? but you can also tell yourself a story where you have joy and you're confident and you show up in the world yes. as this person and you are accepted in love. Like for a long time, I didn't tell myself that story. Yes. But I'm telling myself a different story now. And I'm sharing that story with the audience. So powerful. Then for those who aren't cleft affected, if I'm the first person that you hear with the cleft. Yeah. So that way you can be like, well, you know what? She was cool. I I vibe with her being able to be more open to others with Clef Affinity Mm. because we are great people. I say that all the time. So true. And so I just want to encourage joy on both ends. I love that. And I definitely echo all of those feelings that you have. And from this podcast, but also in the greater realm of the advocacy that I want to provide to this community. When I was growing up, and I'm sure when you were growing up, there wasn't anyone to look to. Nope, there wasn't. There wasn't anyone to see possibility in, like you said. There weren't role models. We didn't have cleft-affected adults to look at. No, and and so it was kind of like, you know, you just had regular people who weren't born with cleft. And so you're just like, okay, well, like, who knows what my future holds, (laughs) you know? I mean- Exactly, like, you couldn't even imagine it. You couldn't imagine it. Right. I mean, and in some ways it was fine because I was like, you know, I still feel like I can do a whole lot. But the power that would have been there if Mm -hmm. there was someone that I could have looked up to. And so what is most important for me is 
for so long, our voices have been missing from so Mm -hmm. many spaces. So I want to be one of the many incredible voices that's out there speaking our truth and sharing our story. And that's available for people who need that role model or that connection. And I also just want people to feel that feeling of belonging that you and I Mm. both were missing and we didn't know that we were missing. I want to be able to provide that. And I want people to feel like they're coming home when they listen to us. I love that. And I, I know that those missions are going to come together and the audience is going to get that. Yeah. So I know that you have loved it so far. Ashley and I have so much to talk about, but we got to go to break. So make sure to come back. We are happy to tell you more about our sponsor, Smile Train. Smile Train pioneered a sustainable model of partnering with local medical professionals in more than 70 countries. In 22 years, it has supported more than 1.5 million safe cleft surgeries, more than all other cleft charities combined. And as many people in our audience know, children born with clefts often need more essential cleft treatments than just surgery. Because their partners provide local year-round care, Smile Train is also able to fund nutritional support, dental care, orthodontic treatment, speech therapy, and psychosocial support for those who need it. Smile Train invests in their partners, providing them with the state-of-the-art equipment and training they need to make safe and quality care possible for those who need it most. Go to smiletrain.org slash donate slash lovemeetsjoy today and donate $21 a month to make sure that every child with a cleft can receive the care they need whenever they need it. Welcome back from break. We're so happy you're here. Yes. And we hope you enjoyed hearing that word from our sponsor, Smile Train. And something that makes Smile Train such a great partner for this Mm -hmm. podcast is many people maybe don't even know how you and I came together, but actually... Are we going to tell this story? (laughs) Actually, it was Smile Train who brought us both and introduced us together. I think yeah. it was the first CleftCon that happened yes. in 2020. And yeah. for people who don't already know, CleftCon is a conference that's by the cleft community for the cleft community. Mm-hmm. It's hosted by Smile Train and it was supposed to initially be in person. But things happen, yeah. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> like we don't speak is about the answer. it, right? Mm-hmm. So because of the pandemic, it had to become virtual. And what we learned is through having a virtual conference, people could come from all over the country, all over, all over the world. There were people mm-hmm. from other countries who were able to join, and so it's going to remain a virtual conference. And it features amazing speakers, including you and me. Yes, um, <laughs> and. We all talk about navigating the emotional, medical, and logistical issues that are related to cleft. Every aspect of cleft is discussed, which is, I think, is really great. It's so cool. And so, in that very first cleft con, Mm-hmm. You and I were put on sort of a panel, panel. Mm-hmm. and I remember, even though there were other people on the panel, I remember thinking, ooh, that Iva girl, I really like her. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like we really vibe. 
the feeling was the same. It was mutual. <laughs> it was. It's like, you know, like kind of like dating. It's like, I think so too. <laughs> I know. And so I was kind of like, oh, I kind of like her. I feel like I kind of vibe with her. Oh, shucks. And then it was you who took our sort of relationship to the next level. I did. I was like, okay, let's not play around. <laughs> but no, seriously, what happened was because we were still in the pandemic and I was bored and I needed to connect with people, I started doing Instagram lives. Yes. And I was asking people to come on and we would talk about our cleft journey. And after we did CleftCon, I was like, okay, I, I want to ask Ashley, but I have to admit, I was nervous to ask. I what? thought that she would tell me no. I did. I really. No. Very nice. I'm the nicest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> it wasn't about that. It was just like, I don't know. You might not have time. There's so many things that could come up. Yeah. So I was just like, right. but I felt like that anytime I asked any guests. So I was like, okay. So, oh, I, so finally, I won't feel too special then. Yes, feel special because there was nobody else that I wanted to do a podcast with. So feel like, okay. So I reached out to her and she's like, yes. So it gets to the live. Yeah. And that is when I knew. I knew within the yeah. first five minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, this is real. Because yeah, it was just our chemistry and how we were talking to the point that an hour flew by totally. on the live. And it we did. Still, it was so fast. We were still like, oh, I could keep going. I know. I really felt like we could have. And so that for me was when I was like, oh. And then we chatted off a line. So, you know, it's a big deal. We, we take it off to social media. We took it off social media and we started, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's becoming a real friendship. It was becoming a real friendship. And then ClefCon 2. So we did 2021 oh, yeah. together. Yes. Right? And it was just you and me that time. It was just you and I. And... um. We did dating. And beauty. And beauty. Yes. And we were talking. It was just so natural. Even though it was virtual, it was truly like you and I were sitting in a room having girl talk. Yes. And I felt like people who were watching felt that way too. Like they were just sitting with us hanging out. Yeah, They did. Which is, again, very crazy because... People said in the comments, oh, I want this as a podcast. Well, we did deliver. I know. We, after a whole lot of dreaming and like, you know, <laughs> figuring out the steps, like we brought it to life. So again, couldn't be more happy to be here, you know, like, and to be yes. with you. And it's so Same. interesting because as an adult, sometimes it's hard to find friends. Oh, absolutely. In your adult life, especially like the nature of my job as I move around to a lot of different buildings. So I don't mm -hmm. see the same people every day. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's also hard to find people who are at a similar stage of life as you, right. you know, not married with kids. I mean, of course, I have amazing friends who are, but, you know, sometimes the universe just knows when mm -hmm. two people need to be put in each other's paths. And so I feel like the universe knew I needed you. So And it's also great to have someone who's also clef affected as a friend. I've I've never had that. I have never had that. Yes. Right. And where we can openly talk about it. Right. And so I can sit here and say, hey, did you have this? Is this weird? Yes. And you can be like, oh no, that that same thing happened to me. And it's like, oh, okay. So I'm not. Yes. You're not alone. As we're going to, you know, in other episodes discuss how still, even though we are moving along in our cleft journey, sometimes 
navigating dating can still be tricky for us. And so we get to talk yes. about that with each other that maybe our non-cluff affected friends don't get it. They won't get it. Right. And I think it means more sometimes if I say something to you about like, man, I'm feeling really insecure about dating or whatever. And then like mm-hmm. you hype me up or, or whatever. Like I know that you at least know where I'm coming from. And yes. it's not like, a, oh, like, you know, yeah. brush it off, you know, because yeah. like you get where I'm coming from. And like, sometimes you just got to like share that with someone that you knows where you're coming from exactly. And see, that's the beauty totally the beauty. And I also think something else that's really beautiful about this community in general is cleft affects all races, Mm. all ethnicities. It's found in every country around the world. It's found across socioeconomic status. It's found across political beliefs. And so it binds people together who otherwise Mm -hmm. might not have ever met or had the opportunity to meet just because we've shared this very unique, specific experience. And I think that's such a cool thing. Exactly. No one is exempt. But then on the other side of that, it helps draw in you into other people. So that feeling of isolation or that I'm the only one going through this decreases. You're not. So it's really great for the listeners who are cleft affected, like at least find one other cleft affected person. So you can have that sense of, I'm not in this alone. That goes a long way. Yes. And I also found when I started seeking out other cleft affected people or in groups, Mm -hmm. it actually built up my confidence because, you know, this is probably true for most people that Mm -hmm. like I am much kinder to other people than the way that I speak to myself. And I'm trying to change that. It's a work in progress, right? Baby steps is cool. I realized Yes, in finding my community, I was able to see other cleft affected people and be like, wow, they're really beautiful or he's really handsome Mm -hmm. or she's doing really amazing things and be like, if I can see that in them, why can't I see that in me? Yes. So having this incredible community has literally changed my life. And I just think it's such a, a beautiful place to be. It is. And I'm glad to be a part of it. And I know that you are. Yes. But... Audience, we're now at one of our favorite parts, and I know that you guys are going to love it too. And this segment we like to call Smile and Slay. We talk about questions that we've heard from friends, family, and even you, the audience. So today's Smile and Slay question is Ashley, do you think your cleft journey might have been different if you had been connected to the cleft community via social media when you were young? If yes, how so? That's a good question. And I'm not entirely sure that I know the exact answer because I feel like I identify with two parts of myself, right? Okay, explain that. Yeah. (laughs) The adult, more healed part of me, Mm -hmm. it wants to say immediately yes. Immediately Mm -hmm. yes. This would have absolutely revolutionized my my growing up experience because I would have had a role model. I would have maybe been able to connect to other kids and teens Mm -hmm. who were affected by cleft and I would have felt less alone or isolated, right? So there's that one side. But then there's another piece of me that Mm -hmm. is still in touch with who I was when I was young. And when I was young, I adamantly did not want to be uh, Mm -hmm. associated with people Mm -hmm. in the cleft community because I was 
firmly trying to convince everyone, including myself, that yeah. I was just like everyone else. I wasn't different. I didn't look different. I was fine. Everything was fine. This is fine. I don't have a cleft. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, I know. And so I was like hiding it. And so I never wanted to like talk to any, like, I, I don't know. Like there mm-hmm. was a big part of me that was pushing that beach ball down. Right. That like, I don't think I wanted to, would have wanted to associate with anyone. So I guess my answer is I'm not entirely sure which path I would have taken. What about you? So I do see both sides, but I would have to pick that for me. Yes, it would Mm. have been different. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I would have proudly been waving the flag like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I know myself enough to know that like I would have, I would have followed but I would have never yeah. let anyone know that I listened mm. to it and I wouldn't have ever acknowledged it. But just knowing yes. that it was there and being able to listen to it or just to be able to see another cleft affected adult living their yes. life and they're doing yes. all of these things for me mm. would have been so impactful because I'm a very visual person. I like I can see things clearly and I will run with it. I had no vision of what a cleft affected adult was. Uh, and yeah. so that that was, I think, uh, the real problem for me. So yeah. I would have yeah. loved to have that I part can, of mine. I can definitely see that. And I actually think having the opportunity to listen in private would probably have really impacted everything because you don't have to be loud and open about it but like Mm -hmm. you see the possibility like you said Mm -hmm. in the beginning and that possibility is so powerful but if you can believe it we have made it to the end of our very first podcast episode and I have had the most fun with you and I can't wait to continue on this podcast journey with you yes but that's totally our show for today thank you so much for listening everyone we would love to hear from you you can find me on instagram at cleft love ig or on tiktok at cleft love and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Real Sophisticated Joy. Don't forget to go to smiletrain.org to learn more about all of the wonderful things Smiletrain is doing for the cleft community and around the world. You can find us on your favorite podcast streaming site. While you're there, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. We know that you love this first episode, so come back next week. It gets even better. If you thought this was great, you haven't heard anything yet. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and we'll see you next time. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social and tell all of your friends to listen. Questions or episode ideas? Email us at lovemeetsjoy at smiletrain.org. We can't wait to hear from you. Love Meets Joy is a product of Smile Train. Our hosts are Iva Ballou and Ashley Barber. Our senior producer and editor is Ariel Nachman. Our Smile Train producer is Adina Lesher. Love Meets Joy is presented by Smile Train, the world's largest cleft-focused organization. One in 700 babies is born with a cleft, a potentially life-threatening birth difference that can cause difficulties eating, breathing, hearing, and speaking. The good news? 
SmileTrain developed a sustainable model that empowers local healthcare workers around the world to provide life-saving cleft treatment to all who need it everywhere on earth, 100% free. Learn more at SmileTrain.org. The information provided in these recordings is meant to be helpful to you and is provided as is for informational purposes only. SmileTrain cannot guarantee it is accurate, up-to-date, or error-free. We are not responsible for the content and disclaim all liability concerning actions taken or not taken based on these recordings. 